Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Opposite me always, Blake Harrison. Good morning. Good morrow, sir. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. Um, I'm, uh, we're, we're up and about. It's early, isn't it? It's early, mate. It's early, yeah. It was nice to have cool. actually like watched a card and it be like it finished at like 10 o'clock. It was great. Yeah. Good yeah. night's sleep. It worked out. It worked out perfectly. Uh, I had to pick my daughter up from work, so I literally watched the last fight. I didn't get to see anything post interview or anything, but then just sort of shot out and and picked her up from work, which was really it just worked out nice. And then it was like home and and, and sitting uh, all tucked up in bed at, at ten thirty. I was like, oh, I have some of this. Lovely, but uh, lovely. But so we're all um, relatively fresh faced because we've we've, yeah. we've set the alarm clocks. We're up at eight to record this to get this one out as, as quickly as we can because um well we, we'll get on to the event but um before we do where, where where did you watch it and also uh are you like me are you wearing your pajamas at the moment yeah you want to see you want to see my pajama bottoms <laughs> i've got a hoodie on top oh the old checkered pajama oh, oh. Ah! <laughs> Red corner and blue corner. That's what we yes. got it. Yes. <laughs> so excited. Um, yeah, I've also Love just realised we decided that we were going to like maybe put this on YouTube literally just now, which is why my hair is soaking wet because I have not showered or anything. I just ran some mm. water through my hair because it looked horrendous. Um, but uh, I've just also realised my computer is about to die, so I'm going to have to get a charger. <laughs> Really quick, Wonderful. so this is like great, isn't it? All right, you go and get that, and I'll just slack <laughs> only, you off for a couple of minutes. It's, it's only down here, to be fair. But um, you t- tell us how you watched it, and then I'll talk about how I watched it. All right, so uh, um, the plan was to go to to, to Blake's. Uh, so from what I gather, Blake was having um, some uh, his brother and some pals over, and uh, but I got pulled into dad duties, uh, which meant I had to be uh, this side of the river. Uh, Blake and I live either side of the. Uh, of the Tharrock Bridge, uh, and so I had to stay. That makes side, it sound sorry. so shit. Don't call it the Thurrock Bridge. Bridge is the it's the QE two, isn't it? The Queen sorry, Elizabeth no. Bridge, the Dartford you know Crossing. I if you have to, not the Thurrock Bridge. I, 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 <laughs> talking about that, like we own it this side. <laughs> um, 
starting a turf war now. Um, but no, it was... I mean, we don't really want to talk about the QE2 bridge. I think it's really annoyed quite a lot of people uh, this this last week um, with uh, with the, 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 the protesters and such. Um, there's been a bit of traffic around here. Um, but, so I stayed this side. So I... Uh, I popped to Pips. I watched a bit around Pips, and then I got out and and uh, so I got out. That makes me sound like it captured me. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, had to go and do me, me me dad duties. But how was how was your viewing? It was good. Uh, I only had a couple of mates over, but I have to say, and I don't want to sound like a annoying little. Irritable hermit, like Mister Mean, you're, or you're something. So like. gonna, I was, I'm you? gonna, yeah. It got a bit chatty, and I was like, "Guys, we're supposed to be watching the fights." And I was, ah, <laughs> oh, your bloody mates wanting to be sociable and talk to you probably ain't seen you for a while. Like, oh, what is their problem? Yeah, talking to me about problems. No, they don't. Have Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I was, no, do you know the worst part of it? Genuinely, like it was fine after Kerry left. <laughs> Like, well, Kerry. Why are you making this? You are not coming across well no, today. I know. I told her I was going to say this. It's fine. She knows. Because she even said it was me, wasn't it? I was like, well, you know. Because she was oh, just like. The God, fight, she's gone. The fights were on. And she was just like, hey, guys. How you doing? What's going on? What's going on with this? What's going what on with that? What is her problem? <laughs> Jeez, were, being, we were there being, to watch the they're, they're in her house. She's being a nice host and just no, being kind. We were there to watch the fights that's what i wanted to do and so there was fights i've had to re-watch a couple of rounds this morning so i was oh. actually my son what because of your bloody wife <laughs> talking to your friends <laughs> being like really Fucking nice hell. and accommodating <laughs> because she was really lovely and accommodating it really pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> but no we were there to watch the fights and i wanted to yeah. watch it probably and now i've had to re-watch fights this morning i was up yeah. at like 10 to 7, just because my son got me up. But I was like, well, this is a great yeah. opportunity to rewatch rounds. And I'm really glad I did, because there are some rounds that watching it while all the jibber-jabber was going on, yeah. uh, I uh, I don't think I properly scored I scored them correctly or had them right in my head or even had a good idea of who won it at all. But now yeah. I feel like I've got a much better understanding of, of the fights, some of which... Twitter got a bit, you know, angry at one of them in mm. particular. It was uh, It was not... Not pretty on Twitter, um, but we'll get round to that. Uh, right. But I'd yeah. also like uh, to add that if at some point in the future the UFC start realizing the worth of this podcast and uh, and go, do you know what? You can win a watch along party with Neil from the In Betweeners. Everyone's gonna be like, Nah, you're right, cheers. Like. <laughs> No. He sounds like a right misery to watch fights with. No, we can talk about whatever you like in between the fights. In between the fights is fine. But when yeah. the fights are on, let's just talk about a fight. Let's go, oh, that was good. Oh, this is good. Oh, I didn't expect that. Like, that's what. That's the conversation I want during the fight. Yeah. Not, yeah. oh, so so-and-so's doing really well at school or, yeah. you know, uh, or, work, work's, work's been, you know, boring lately. Yeah. I was like, like that, no. No, I want the yeah. I want the fights. I want the fights. Um, but no, it was it was lovely having friends over. Um, Sounds it. <laughs> they won't be coming back. Oh yeah, oh, we dear. might have to just like you know what they. I tell you what did annoy me about the broadcast: how they were silencing bits. It's like pay per view. 
Uh, do you paid know what? For this. In fairness, like, I was about to say you should silence bits of this podcast just for my friends, just so they don't get like Blake. Why are you slagging us off on on your YouTube thing? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it needs to be. But that really pissed me off. Like we paid twenty odd quid or whatever yeah. for this card, and you can't even let us hear a swear word. And it's on at like nine, ten o'clock at night. It, like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I watched the fights in relative silence around Pips, but he did actually. Well, one of the things he did say was, was that, why are they, uh, why are they doing that? It's pay-per-view. But, um, Stupid. Well, talking about the fight, uh, the fights, I'm going to start, well, I'm not going to start the podcast by moaning because you've already done that, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to fan the flames of some, uh, of Moancast today. Um, I'm going to say that the first, one, two, three, four, five, six, the first six fights uh, bored the living shit out of me. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best start to a card, but I do think the fights that people were most excited about delivered. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's what's important. I, 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 took, I was happy to take a bit of a boring-ish set of prelims for a good, solid main card. And I think ultimately... That's what we got. Did it live up to the hype and the fact that we were paying for a card? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it pro- pro- probably did, but it this this card was so hyped. It was so hyped that maybe nothing could have actually properly lived up to it. But the fact that you know the card started at like three thirty on the fight pass prelims and stuff, and you were watching fights for a good seven, eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a slow start for sure, and it certainly took a little bit of the shine off of the card overall. But the main fights delivered, and I think anyone would tell you at the start that they would have been like, I just want the main fights to deliver, and we'll accept some slightly dull prelims. I have to say, in terms of the prelims, Uzdemir Krilov got off to an absolute banger. That really woke things up. Yeah, that first round was great. Yeah. <clears throat> just the first round. <laughs> yeah, then I felt it just kind of went... It just felt like everybody got this kind of memo that come the second round, it's just lay and pray. And and it just felt... And, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go back, because there, there's a Brit on the card, um, and yes. that was Mohamed Makayev. Now, there's a huge, huge interest and hype train around him. Yep. Um... And I thought in his last fight, he wasn't very exciting. Uh, he was dominant, but he didn't really look particularly exciting. And I, and I yeah. think Anik picked up on that about if you've got the hype train or or, or uh, it was DC or um, Felder, one of them was talking about it. So it might even have been DC, actually. But it was saying, like, you know, if you've got this hype around you, you've almost got to do that sort of shit or bust, whereas what you see with Paddy, Paddy just gets in there and he just goes 110%. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, that you know you think, oh, God, oh, no, he's going to get, you know, and you feel this, there's, there could be vulnerabilities there in the way that Paddy goes yeah. at all that, but fans love it. And I think Mikhaev is talking a really good game. He's going to be the youngest ever champion. And obviously we want that to happen because he's a Brit, um, and we can see that he's a highly skilled fighter. But 
two rounds into that last night, I was just like, this is so boring. Uh, and I didn't think it looked massively dominant either. Would, uh, that's that's where I would kind of step in a little bit in terms of like, I don't care that Mohamed Makayev and Paddy Pimblett are two completely different fighters on, I think, very different trajectories. Paddy is like a shooting star at the moment. He is just sailing through the stratosphere and just, you know, he, it's going to be either that he explodes in this kind of like blaze of glory and becomes champ or anything like that, or it's going to be a case that he falls short somewhere and it just kind of dies out as quickly as it became this like amazing spectacle with Paddy. We don't know yet. We don't know where his ceiling is in the UFC and stuff like that. It's going to be really interesting, but you're right from day one with Paddy, you saw vulnerabilities, but those vulnerabilities were exciting to watch and people, people are going to tune in for Paddy. Mohamed Makayev is very, very different. Mohamed Mikhaev, yes, that first fight against Cody Durden back in March, electric, first round, uh, first round finish, the flying knee, all that stuff, great. And his second fight, is it Charles Jordan, I want to say it was, um, like dominant, very, very dominant, but not the most exciting. But again, he could be on the trajectory of the, the Khabibs and the Islams and people like that, where he's going to be a champ possibly even a two-weight champion, but it's all down to winning, not the excitement factor. And he will get there in his own time, less um, explosively as as Paddy, less excitingly than someone like, like Paddy may do. But he can definitely get there and has probably got more chance of getting there, or at least I definitely thought that prior to this fight. Now, I still think Mohamed Makayev could easily be a champion, but... The the slightly dull aspect of his fights doesn't bother me. I feel like he can do dull fights, keep winning, be a champ, like, and we'll all still praise him. What slightly worried me was that I felt like we saw holes in his game. And I know he's only 22 years old, and I know that he was fighting a guy 10 years older than him. But the way that he talks, all that kind of stuff, youngest UFC champion, which he still might be, I wasn't expecting him to fight someone unranked and have moments where he looked in danger or he looked like, you know, it was a 50-50 fight. I expected him to take very little damage in fights against unranked opponents, which maybe you could say that he did, but be completely dominant. Like he was in his last fight. He just kept taking him down and taking him down and taking him down. And the guy just couldn't really do much about it. He was like, as much as it wasn't exciting, it was purely dominant and no one could touch him. In this fight, he was not dominant at all. Really. He obviously got the finish. It was great. And he was winning every round. But I think, again, with the hype that we've got for him and with the way that he speaks, I didn't expect him to lose the advantage in particularly any of the grappling exchanges. And he did. And I think fighters now coming up to fight Makayev are going to be way more confident in their own abilities than they were prior to this fight. Because they'll think, if I put him on, put it on him, and if they're a good grappler and they think from bottom, he's got nowhere near as much as what he's got from top position. So if I put it on him and go for the grappling exchanges with him, where they may have been fearful of that prior to this fight, 
He could find himself in more difficulties. Now, again, I still believe Mohamed Bakayev will be a champion. I still believe he could be the youngest champ, but I've got more doubts now than what I had previously because I had basically no doubts prior to this fight. I just think that... Um, I, I, I guess if you still keep getting the wins, you're going to still you know, keep getting the fights. But I just think that the UFC like exciting fighters and... If there's if there's a hype train, then you know they, they want that to be exciting. And I think for um, a casual fan, they're not going to be interested in watching Mohamed Makayev fight. Um, whereas they're going to be interested in watching an Ian Gary or a Paddy Pimlet um, or a, a Bryce Mitchell. All of these young fighters that are, are talking it and getting loads of attention. Uh, I, I just think that. Again, there was in that last fight and last night. I mean, don't get me wrong; he got the armbar uh, and he and he got the win, uh, and that's and taking nothing away from him. But um, yeah, I, I just think that you're probably not going to get those opportunities. And if you want to fast track and be the youngest champ, you I think you need to sort of excite the UFC. Um, otherwise, you know, because I, I think, you know, look at what we're seeing, you know, um, with um, Makachev, you know, we, we're seeing them get them shots because there's a lot of hype around them and, and, and they're happening. And look at what we've got um, in a couple of weeks as well with um, with Izzy, you know, we've got a couple of wins, but they're exciting and there's hype around them fighters and they're getting their shots mm. quickly. And and I think that if he wants to be the youngest champ, then he's got to move quickly. And I think that fights like that aren't gonna get him column inches in the press and you know endear himself to to the UFC. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not suggesting there's nothing in his record that's questionable. He's he's got the wins and they've all looked dominant. But I just think. That the hype train is based a lot. We know in in the fight game, the hype train is lots about what you're saying, and then what if you back it up. And and he's but not in a in a fashion that I think he's going to set the world on fire, and people are going to go, "Oh, mate, did you see Makayev last night? That guy is going to be a champ." I think people have could quite easily have gone and got a beer last night when that fight was on, um, and they could have got a beer for the first maybe six fights. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to feel like we're being harsh on him because, like, I still think he could be champ. He could be a two-weight champ. He's only 22 years old. Yeah. He's won but all these fights. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm he did get a finish. I mean, I know it was really did. late in the third, but he did get that that finish. Um, but if you want that shot at that age and you want to be that the youngest champ, you've got to really get the world going, mate, this guy's going to be... Mike Tyson was the youngest heavyweight champion in the world. You look at his highlight reel before he got that shot, and he was just un, like so exciting, so untouchable, destroying everyone. And I just think that's why he fast-tracked and he was the youngest heavyweight champion in the world. And I think Mohamed Makayev's fight style... He's very, very effective, but I don't necessarily think it's super exciting for a casual fan that's going to get on Twitter and get on the socials and go, oh, my God, get this guy a shot. Like, he's incredible because he's not got that, fuck it, let's go, Paddy Pimlet style that your casuals are buying into. He had it in his first fight, though. His first fight, he he landed that flying knee. He got the sub really quick. Like, that that was super exciting. Yeah. But I, I just... 
you know, I, I feel like I'm hating on him. I'm not. Like, but I just, yeah, I just think it wasn't that exciting. And I, yeah. I was so hyped for it because I want to be on the hype train. You know, I think he's exciting. He's an exciting fighter, but I just don't think it's he's being demonstrated in a way that he's going to endear himself to the UFC to get that, that shot quickly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair point, but I don't know. I think the other thing is he seems to be pretty active. Um, and I think... He's and I don't a- want to moan about him too much because the chances are we'll get him on a podcast at some point. Well, you've and, ruined uh, that now. You've ruined <laughs> that. We're not going to get him on now, are we? Um, but no, uh, but no, no. I, look, I, I am a big Makaya fan. I, I really like him. I, I really want him to achieve his goal of becoming the youngest ever champ. And obviously I want Britain to have more UFC uh, and MMA in general champions. Um, but yeah, I, I think what you're saying is correct in terms of him pushing the forcing the UFC's hand and giving him a title shot early there needs to be more exciting fights um but if he keeps winning he'll get there eventually he'll just get there a little bit slower yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what I'm saying but he'll get there slower but probably by that point will not be the youngest ever UFC yeah. champ that's my point Fly- flyweight isn't that deep though so you never know if he gets a ranked opponent next even if he just pulls off like three more wins or something like that, even if it's not in the most exciting fashion, it could get there. Could I don't know. Anyway, look, we've we've spoken a lot about we want to talk about our, our British fighters, but shall we just skip over to the main event just to kind of Ooh. crack on all of that rather than going through? What do you think? Should we, should we start at the top? What, the uh, Islam Oliveira? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. And we'll work our way down and we'll, we'll, uh, right. we'll get... Because I really do want to talk about Brady Muhammad as well, but I kind mm. of feel like we want to get into the the meaty bits of this card. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, we, we were both like, oh, I can't call it, can't call it, can't call it, and yep. still couldn't. Um, well, I did put out a tweet just before and saying I'm leaning Islam, but, you know, don't, don't worry about it. We're not keeping track. Don't worry about it. I think I did say Islam oh, well, on, the, on the pre-show, but don't, we're not keeping track. Don't worry about it. We're not keeping track. Oh, we're, we're, we're referencing uh. the pre-show. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Happy to do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did lean Oliveira um, and was obviously in the pre-show, and, and I've spoken a lot to you about this, that Islam shouldn't have got that shot that quickly. Um I'm not suggesting that he couldn't beat Oliveira, but just it felt like it happened too quickly. That he wasn't fighting any top tens. I mean, fucking hell! Right? Yeah, man. There was no mess in, was there? There, there wasn't. I thought what what was really great was that he looked really good on the feet as well. Like he, Mate. Was, he was countering Oliveira's shots really well, and we know that Oliveira gets clipped and goes down, and that was one of the things. <sighs> Oliveira in previous fights has been able to, through obviously his body of work, kind of weaponize um, even just the idea of going to the ground with him. Like people knocked him down and a lot of time didn't want to follow him down to the ground. We saw that massively in the Gaethje fight. They didn't want to follow him down to the ground. So what that did is Oliveira would get clipped, go down, have a rest, get back up, come at you again. Mm. With this, there was none of that. As soon as he got clipped, Makachev was on him because he was like, 
I'm either going to knock you out or I am happy to take you down and go to the ground with you. Obviously, that's what happened in the second round. He got hit with a big shot. Makachev followed him straight down to the ground and almost got into a straight, like, head and arm choke immediately. I think it was just a half guard stopping him. And then uh, once he was able to pass that, the tap came pretty quick. So it makes me think that squeeze was on for quite a while, even when he was in, like, half guard or something. It makes me wonder how dicey he was from that shot. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And I mean, Oliveira has taken the defeat really well and just said that, you know, Islam was better on the night and, and, and that was it. Um, That's no surprise. No. You know, he's a good guy, right? Yeah, right. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I just want to go back to something you said about um, Islam's uh, striking. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought he was going to be trying to shoot constantly to not engage in a striking battle with Charles. And I thought he looked way better than what Charles did at striking last night. Mm-hmm. I was like, mate, I said, like, his hands were rapid and, and really powerful, as as we saw. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was really surprised at that. I think as the fight was starting to unfold, I was thinking this could quite easily become a, a really decent striking match, this, which was something I didn't think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think also other people in that division now that were just probably looking at, uh, Makachev thinking, right, okay, so I've got to deal with this incredible wrestler. They're now thinking, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, there was talk of, was it, I don't know if I, I, I'm sure I heard this correctly, that there was like a million dollars spent on his training camp uh, for this I've fight. And, uh, and and so I, I don't know who was, bring, who was the striking coach in that camp, but uh, whoever it is, impressive because... You know, we we saw a different side of Islam last night that I think has just added to the, you know, the 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 the, the myth that is, <clears throat> or the monster that is Islam Makachev. Now that it's like, what are you going to do if you stay on your feet? You're still in trouble, and yep. and I think that's going to send a message out to uh, the rest of the, the the lightweight division that yeah, you, you, to get that belt now, you really got to go somewhere, and and from. If I remember rightly, there was a lot of the uh, the, the the post-fight interviews were being uh, cut out due to the, the whatever it was, the sand, um, and what they were saying. But am I right in saying that? Well, they did. They got Volk in the in the ring, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, right. Dariush must be fucking fuming. Far, the, um... I'll, I'll, we'll get to that <coughs> when we talk about Benil. Like. Well, I mean, you I know, think we've got to talk about some of it now because it's what's next for for Makachev. Yeah. I mean, c- Benil Darius, Benil Darius, hundred percent. Don't make him a fucking Leon Edwards. Give him his shot. Fucking hell. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I know he, he shouted at the baby Jesus uh, to uh, a venue. Uh, it, you know that that probably didn't want to hear that, but I did think like. Don't say I'll fight anyone. You know, I'm not worried about the the belt it'll come. It's like don't say that because that's the last thing you want to yeah. be saying. You want to say who else have I got to beat to get this shot? Like, give me the shot. Um, yeah, I I I, I was I I, I lo- we love Volk, of course we do, and we want to see him be a two weight champ. That'd be amazing. But <sighs> seeing what I saw of Makachev last night. I don't know. I don't know if, if Volk's 
if Volk can do that, never write him off. You know, he's an yeah. incredible fighter. And he didn't, the size different didn't look that, that, that scary. Um, oh, I you know, know, I think if you would have, did you think so? Well, yeah. I, I... Oh, I didn't. I think you stand him opposite Charles, definitely. But I, I didn't feel that, like, it looked that significant. I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to relook it. I, I didn't relook at their like coming together and here, but I I think size wise, particularly when it comes to the grappling, it, it, it all really matters. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I worry for Volk in that fight. I I think size really matters with that. I think one of the clearest examples of that we saw was Adesanya versus Blahovic. Yeah. Um, and I. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to see Volk do it because we're big fans of Volk. He's been on the show, but God, I mean, the betting favourite will be Islam for sure. Um, the betting um, favourite was Islam last night, which I, I thought was quite crazy. Um, yeah, well, well I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of people were favouring Islam, but yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have the body of work that Charles had, but Charles has shown vulnerability. He's been... Rocked multiple times in multiple yeah, good fights. Point. Good point. Islam's, uh, Islam's, well, he's been knocked out once, but it was like his first UFC fight. He's not shown any vulnerability for a really long time. Um, it's amazing the passing of the torch uh, and this kind of like the, the Dagestani wrestling style and how it's just completely dominant and taken over and no one's had an answer for it yet. And it's Khabib to Islam now. And you're just looking at it and going, just it feels like if Khabib could get one person in every single weight class and just, you know, and they've been brought up in like that Dagestani style kind of like combat Sambo wrestling uh, background, they'd just be a champion in every single division because no one's found an answer for that kind of Dagestani style combat Sambo yet. Um, Yeah, um, in terms of what's next, uh, I think I think it's going to be Volk. Be- I mean, Dana sort of slightly backtracked on it a little bit. I think during the the post fight press press conference, but the fact that I mean, Khabib was so smart. Khabib got on the mic in there. Where it, I mean, it's Islam's moment, and he let Islam have his moment. But for him to get on the mic at the perfect time and say the perfect thing. So we want to go. We want to go to Perth. We want to go to Australia, and we want to give Volk a title shot. But it will also be the number one pound for pound against the number two pound for pound. Now the pound for pound rankings haven't come out yet. Islam, I don't think was even ranked in the pound for pound rankings prior to this fight. But I think Charles Oliveira was ranked second, so it makes sense for Islam to take his spot. And then you have got the number one pound for pound in the world versus the number two pound for pound in the world. A chance at someone being a double champ. Islam going to enemy territory. I mean, the storylines are there for days. You can really write this up. <clears throat> and that's why I think they will make that fight. It will be huge. I I would favor Islam just because of the size and the wrestling. I mean, Volk's got great defensive wrestling, but this is another level when you're taking on someone like Islam Makachev. Um, and it, yeah, in terms of like keeping... Makachev off of him and away from him. Volk's not known for his power. He's someone that, that wins fights by decisions. He, he, he's a great striker, but he's not someone with like huge power at 145, let alone up at 155. So, yeah, I, I, I really do worry for Volk in that fight. I would much rather see the Darry the fight. 
perfectly honest. I would really rather see that fight. I think he's done enough. He had a great win uh, on the same card. You would think that that lines him up. But as soon as Volk got in that cage and they had a tiny stare down and a handshake and Khabib was talking about number one pound for pound versus number two pound for pound, that's it now. That's done. And poor old Dariush is either got to sit out for like at least about 10 months um, until he gets his shot or he's got to take yet another fight. And he did himself, as you say, no favours, no favours at all in his post-fight press, uh, in his post-fight chat when he was talking about, I'll fight 10 guys if it means I get to the belt. Like, that's commendable. That's great. That is not going to get you what you truly want which is the title shot. You should have said, I'm on like a six, seven fight win streak now, whatever the hell he's on. I've just beaten another guy ranked behind me. Give me my shot. I'm here now. I'm the most, you know, we were meant to be fight before. Um, I'm the biggest challenge for Islam or Charles, whoever were to win next. Obviously it's Islam. Give me the title shot. And yeah, I I think now we're going to see Volk swoop in there, get his title shot. And Benil Dariush either has to fight another absolute killer somewhere down the line or he has to just sit out, which is a real shame. A real, real shame. Um, we will get to his fight in a minute. I mean, a couple of other random things that happened uh, during that uh, period was Hamzat Shemaev had a, an altercation outside with uh, one of Khabib's teammates uh, and Islam's teammates uh Abu Bakr uh, Nurmagomedov, I believe he's Khabib's cousin, I'm not exactly sure, but who fought earlier in the card and got a win. Mm-hmm. And they had an altercation, apparently, and Hamza had to be restrained. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, just, just, oh, just f- fucking grow up. He's not endearing himself yeah. to you, Makachev, of late, is he? No, just what are you doing, man? Like, you know, just... Have a, like, there's so many haters in this sport. Like, so many people hate this sport and just talk about the fact it's full of, you know, idiots and just, you know, j- just. <sighs> there's so many amazing sportsmen in this sport that deserve column inches, but that will get column inches. Yeah. Uh, that will get people talking, oh, oh Jemai, yeah, yeah, he had a tear up outside. It's like, I just don't, I'm not interested in that sort of stuff, you know. I hoped when, you know, Connor had. You know, sort of disappeared from it. That that sort of stuff would would, would go away, and and yeah, I'm I'm just not interested in stuff like that. I think it it just makes it does a disservice to mixed martial arts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And, uh, and I don't want to be, you know, too boring about this, but I do. I do. I just think it's shitty. And it's like, you are at the fucking pinnacle of your sport. You are one of the most fucking... You're one of the best fighters on the planet, Hamzat. And like, why why do that? Like, you're a professional sportsman. Yeah, but we, I mean, is it, I mean, look, it might be that he's just an angry guy and gets angry and that just might be who he is. Equally, it might Grow be, up, it might it's be like... something that, you know, we're talking about him. And people are going to talk about him because he got in this altercation. Know, but for the wrong reasons. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, look. Some people believe all publicity is good publicity. And I think particularly uh, if you're in the MMA world, I mean, I don't agree with that, by the way, but if you're if you're in MMA, sometimes people just talking about you, keeping your name re- uh, relevant when, you know, this fight had nothing to do with him. As, as far as I'm aware, he wasn't even a guest of the UFC. He was a guest of Abu Dhabi, uh, uh, of, of the, I guess, the people that run the stadium, whatever it is. That's what Dana White said in his uh, post-fight presser. Um, and, yeah, we're talking about him, and people will be talking about him, even though this fight card, had, fight card had nothing to do with him whatsoever. And no one would have said a word about Hamzat. He was there, he was in the audience, nothing and now he's got into a bit of an altercation with uh, one of the Nurmagomedovs, and now we're talking about him a bit. I mean, if this was like WWE, WWF stuff, we'd be like, bring back Khabib to fight Hamzat Shemaev. Come on, guys, imagine. Just I know, I know that I'm living in a fantasy world here, but just, just allow yourself a moment of departure from reality and put Hamzat Shemaev opposite... Khabib Nurmagomedov at Welton. I think you got more chance of seeing Khabib versus Krylov, to be honest. Like, <laughs> he uh, looked big, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, they can have a catchweight fight. Hamzat doesn't like to cut weight either, does he? So there you go. Yeah, um, perfect. perfect. The other thing, just in terms of the lightweight title picture, because people said that if Charles won, there was always a possibility of Connor swooping in and getting that shot and, you know, uh, replacing the Dariushes of the world and stuff like that. There is uh, something that came out of the post-fight press conference that Connor is no longer in the USADA testing pool. Connor is... Uh, he's been out of the testing pool for a little bit and he needs to be six months back into the testing pool before he can fight so there's no way connor will be coming back within the next six months apparently because he's not being tested by usada he's out of the testing pool and you need to be in the testing pool for six months before you can fight so it looks like we won't be seeing connor for a while is he on some illegal juice to look good for the whole roadhouse movie he is looking big. Who knows? We don't know. You, you, I mean, <clears throat> the fact that John Hathaway was being tested on the regular for eight years, uh, you know, and not fighting, Connor's 
How long has he not been tested for now? How long? Well, that, I, d- I don't know. I don't know how long he's been out of the pool, but he needs to be back in for six months before he six, can fight. Yeah. But again, maybe he has gone. Look, I'm shooting a movie for the next six months. I can't be bothered with the whole Usada stuff. And you know, I don't know what it takes for actors to look really great in some of these <clears> movies. <throat> I've uh, unfortunately Marvel haven't called me up yet. Uh, I'm still waiting, guys. If you. If you're out there, um, if you're listening, um, so yeah, so maybe to to look as good as as the, the you know the Hugh Jackmans and the Ryan Reynolds and all that stuff, maybe you've got to have a little helping hand and take something that would not be approved of by Usada. That is a, a possibility. So um, so yeah, so maybe he's doing that, and if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. He's not competing; he can do what he wants. But obviously, and I'm not being funny. If he can make lightweight. He's not gonna fancy Makachev. No, I, I and I don't think anyone's got any appetite for it either. Charles God would have been no. a bit more interesting, but Makachev, no, there's there's no real appetite for it. I don't think. Anyway, let's stop again. We, we you just can't help but mention him, can we? It's, well, it was mentioned uh, it, in the press it, conference. It, it's it's news. He's he yeah. can't fight for at least six months. Everyone's talking about is he coming back? This that and the yeah. other. It's lightweight title picture talk for some people. I don't think he should jump straight into a title fight, but that's what people have been saying, and we all know what the UFC like. Uh, they like money, and Connor is the money guy. So if you threw him in against you know, Oliveira, if he won, something like that, it's something that I could have seen happening for sure, but now it looks like it definitely won't happen at least for six months. Okay, right. Aljo, TJ, that's the fight that... Uh... Well, it was a, it was strange. It wasn't what I think any of us expected. I think it was a, 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 a just a, a, a bit of a, a freak show, really. And uh, it was what I thought was going to be a super, super. It was an exciting fight, <clears throat> but obviously, uh, for those of that, I, I don't imagine many of you haven't uh, seen it already. If you're listening to this podcast, but. From what we gather, ahead of the fight, TJ Dillashaw had spoke to Mark Goddard and said, look, my shoulder is going to pop in this fight. I'll just put it back in. Like, don't stop the fight yeah. because of that. Um, I mean, I guess there's... <laughs> it's always good if TJ Dillashaw's being transparent. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean... I, I just don't. I, I didn't know. What, was it? Was it Mark Goddard? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure. It was. Yeah, and uh, and and yeah, it was just we'd, we'd seen from from what we were saying. There was no pad work backstage, uh, and and there was apparently very little that had been happening in the lead up to it. There was no open yeah, workouts from TJ. We didn't really see him on the embedded stuff. Uh, he didn't really do a proper open workout, from what I saw. Um, so yeah, I mean, look. In some ways, credit to him for just doing his best, for trying, for gritting it out um, and not pulling out the fight. But in other ways, it sounds like, from what I think I heard, that he knew from around April that there was a problem with his shoulder. That was six months ago. Like, 
that's plenty of time. I know it's not great to pull out of a fight, and maybe he feels like he wouldn't have got another chance because that's of what's happened. What yeah, I mean, but I just think you had you you have sort of held up the division there, which I think he also mentioned, and I think maybe he apologised for because someone healthy could have had their shot. Cheeto could have stepped in. Yarn could have been there for the trilogy. Um, Sandhagen, you know, there, there, there's a lot of options at 135. It's a very stacked division. And, um, yeah, I think that that is... It's difficult. It's difficult because I understand that he really wanted that shot. And I, I do think he showed a lot of toughness. And... Part of me felt, I know this is mad to say, I felt slightly sorry for TJ, despite everything he's done and he's been, he's kind of, well, done to himself, you know, I was about to say everything he's been through, but he's done it to himself by by cheating. Um, the fact that his arm popped out the socket within the first, like, 10 seconds of that fight or whatever it was, the fans get shortchanged, he gets shortchanged because he doesn't have a proper opportunity to win and Sterling also gets shortchanged because as much as Sterling was dancing around like he just smashed TJ and it was you know this epic win no one's really going to give him proper credit because everyone knows that TJ fought him with one arm if anything Mm. you go how were you fighting a guy with one arm for so long and didn't get the finish earlier like Mm. I don't well he did say he did say you know it was only literally right at the end of the first round that I think he heard his corner say his shoulders popped. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, you know, a, a one-armed TJ Dillashaw, he's still a dangerous fighter. Um, and I know but, that, To you and you me, know, and, and, yeah, for sure. But like, I know, but to the I, champ, I know, but like, a one-armed fighter was, to the champ, a one-armed anyone to any, I think surely anyone with one arm against someone in the top 10 should be in big, big trouble. And he was in big trouble. Of course he was in big trouble. I, but I'm, And I'm not trying to be harsh on Sterling, but I'm just like, uh, my point is, TJ going into this fight injured and the injury occurring so early, like it's like the first exchange, means now as much as Sterling will want the accolades for beating a former champ and beating TJ Dillashaw, such a great name on his resume... I don't think he'll get the accolades for it because it is tainted by the injury. This was not how the fight would go. I'm not saying Sterling couldn't have won the fight if TJ was 100% healthy, but this is not how that fight would go if TJ was healthy. Doesn't mean that Sterling wouldn't have won, just that it wouldn't have been like this. But what what more could Sterling have done? I I think he he, he stopped him quickly uh, in, in the second and... I just don't really... Uh, uh, for me, I want to just touch on what you said about feeling sorry for TJ Dillashaw. Uh, I did not feel sorry for TJ Dillashaw. Um, I think what he done was... What he done when uh, he was due to fight Henry, which was... He was selfish. Uh, and he held up the division. Yes, he's apologised for that. And, and that's fair play. But he still knew full well... Like from April, look how quickly his coach popped that arm back in. They've been doing that regular, like regular split second. It was back in, um, and I just think he knew that that was going to happen. He told Goddard that that was going to happen. Yeah. Like that's not that's doing a disservice to your fans. That's doing a disservice to the UFC, to Aljo, to everyone that paid for that 
card to watch. And if you're a TJ Dillashaw fan, you have paid to watch your favourite fighter. <clears throat> I don't imagine anyone's favourite fighter is TJ Dillashaw. But <laughs> um, but but you've you paid to watch that. Yeah. And, and I think what you got was a fighter that went in there knowing that he was not going to be anywhere near his best. He was ultimately going to be a one-armed fighter, but still thought, now this is my shot. I'm going to take it. And I think that's really selfish. Like, he should have just spoke to a... a I imagine there was obviously doctors involved in his, his discussions, you know, throughout his camp, but just saying, oh, look, how do I deal with this? Have I got to take a year out and have surgery to stop this from happening? Or is this just something that is now going to happen? If that's something that's now going to, you know, be a big part of his his life now, then retire. Don't just go, right, look, I'm going to take this fight and hope that, like, there was no way that the fact that it popped out, popped in, straight away come back out again, that that's not been happening throughout the whole of his camp. And it's like, and it would have been ridiculous to think that he was going to get through five rounds with Aljamain Sterling and that not happen and it not be a massive part of that fight. And so what we got was a fight where everyone was just going, oh, this is well, this is a bit weird, isn't it? Like, oh, fucking hell, is he going to get, should we stop this? It's like, it's really unpleasant. <clears throat> like, and and so what you got was a disservice to Aljo because he then, like you say, he'll probably never get told that he was the guy that finished TJ Dillashaw's career because ultimately his own shoulders finished his career. And are we going to see TJ Dillashaw again in the octagon? I don't know. Um, I think. Am I that bothered? No. I, I think we will see him. I mean, I have to say, you've convinced me. Any sympathy I had for TJ is now gone. Stu, Stu's evaporated that sympathy. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It, it was. It was selfish. It was selfish. He could have just. Even if it meant he lost his title shot and he had to get one more win, he still tilled TJ Dillashaw. I mean, he got a. He, I was saying in the pre fight show, he shouldn't have had this title shot to begin with because I don't believe he beat Corey Sandhagen. And you don't come back, yeah. get a controversial win, and then jump straight into a title shot after what he did. Mm. So now that he's done this, yeah, I've gone the complete opposite during the last two minutes of you speaking. I've now gone, yeah. yeah you, no. need, you need to get off the fence, yeah. bro. That's your problem, No, I'm mate. not on the fence. It's just I hop from one <laughs> side to the other very easily. I'm a flip-flopper. Um, but uh, I'm very easily swayed. Um, but yeah. So what's next for Aljo? Um, what's next for Aljo? Well, you're not going to like this because you didn't see the post-fight press conference. You're really not going to like what Dana White mentioned. Go on. Uh, Abbott, who's the last person you'd want Aljo to fight next? Well, I imagine it's going to be the Sugar Show, right? That's not what Dana was mentioning. <laughs> who's the last person you would want? Oh. Uh, I don't know. The King of Go Cringe. On. Henry? Yeah. Dana White was mentioning Henry Cejudo. Uh, oh, my God. And he was like, how long's Henry been back in the testing pool? And they were like, six months. Like, well, there you go, six months. <laughs> so, the- I mean, that, uh, in fairness, like, I ain't hating on that. Really? He, I but mean, you, don't get... snagged off the Cejudo loads. He, he, he is the turbo melt, right? <laughs> turbo melt. But, <laughs> but... But... Obviously, his record is he's 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 incredible. Oh yeah, it'd be a big fight. I I, I don't mind like, it. So, I quite like it. 
<laughs> who else in that division deserves that shot? I mean, Chito Vera we'll get on... and Sean O'Malley now, I think. We'll get well, on to we'll, O'Malley we'll in a minute. We, yeah. But Chito I mean, Vera don't get me wrong. Is, is up there. Who someone... wants to fight Chito Vera? I, no one, I don't think. Like, he is looking terrifying. I don't think uh, Sterling would mind. I know he's well, he's looking terrifying, but I think I think Sterling's grappling would call us, cause him a lot of problems. Yeah, well, I'll tell you who's good at grappling, uh, Mirab Divashelli. Like, um, what's his name? Maybe we could make that one. Out. What's his name? Mirab, Mirab Divashelli. Divalish Koff. What is his name? Divalish Vili, I think. <laughs> Divalish Vili. Yeah. That guy. Divashelli. Mirab Divashelli. Do you, uh, do you, Divashelli? <laughs> do you, do- uh, I'll do a Shelley. Let's do a Shelley. Um, <laughs> this is getting weird. Do you know what? Do you know what? I've been practicing uh, um, uh, Chukagian uh, for about 10 minutes before we started this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. That's um, why I skipped over the first six. I thought there's too many Russian names I wouldn't really struggle with. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, Henry, for me, I get it. Cheeto Vera. I'll be well up for that. Mirab, I mean, I, I, we've spoke about that. Weird. You want to be the best in the world and the person standing in the way is your power. Friendship like... friendship means more to some people. Not everyone's like you, you know. Some people would, you know, just go, no, we're, we're friends and this is what it is. You, you'd probably just like jump at an opportunity to ditch me and go and do something else, I'm, wouldn't I'm, you? I'm a, I'm a snake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you snake <laughs> within you snake um, but uh, yeah no. I, I, if the Henry fight happens that's fine I think it just makes sense to do the O'Malley fight now he's got the big win if you want to you can rank him number one in the world because he's just beat the number one ranked guy in the world I know he's come from 11th so you could put him at 5, 2, 6 like 1 you can put him wherever you want I mean we all know the rankings are sort of governed slightly by the UFC anyway so you can put him wherever you want. If you want to do the O'Malley fight against Sterling, which makes sense, you can absolutely do that now, uh, then you just stick a little number one by, by his name and no one can massively question it because he's just beat the number one guy. I mean, we can get on to the actual fight and what transpired in a minute. But that makes a lot of sense uh, to make that fight. But if Cejudo wants to come back... I'm surprised they're going to give him a title shot after what happened. Yeah. Like he won, uh, he defended that belt against Dominic Cruz after becoming a, a two-way champ and then just left thinking that he was the best thing since sliced bread. They'll give him uh, a, an amazing new contract, which never came as far as I'm aware. And the UFC were like, no, you, you need us way more than we need you. So see you later. And that's obviously... And the division's that, that, and carried they've, on. They've, they hold them cards, don't they? And, yeah. You know, and I think that was probably, I reckon, about six months in, Henry was like, oh, bollocks. I mean, it was a really like, bad I might move. I misjudged this. I think he yeah. massively misjudged it. I think he genuinely thought he was like the biggest star in the UFC. And the UFC and just I wonder went, if that's what we're seeing with Francis. Well, no, that's different because Francis knocks people out left, right, and center. And he's the heavyweight champion of the world. And also, the thing with Francis is, He's testing free agency. He's now like, where can I earn the most money? Henry Cejudo retired, still under contract to the UFC. So it's not like Henry could go, oh, I'm now going to go and do X, Y, or Z. Henry is beholden to the UFC. Francis isn't. If Francis, 
if the Tyson Fury fight manifests itself, which it doesn't look like it will, and he goes and fight, which I, I know I'd be more interested. I mean, don't get me wrong, it would be a walkover, but I'd be more interested in watching Fury fight Engano just for the build up and the intrigue yeah. than Chisora for a third time. But oh, yeah, it's not going yeah but I mean, it'd still be a walkover. But he'd earn loads and loads of money, um, way yeah. more than he probably would in would in the UFC. So he can go and do that, or he can go and fight for one championship or Bellator yeah. or the PFL. And, you know, if the PFL wanted to, they could come in and go, or Bellator for that matter, they could come in and go, we will give you two, three million dollars per fight. Just, here you go, have that. Don't even worry about pay-per-view and what the fight sells. You can get this, like, flat rate per fight. Because people will tune in for Engano now. That's probably a bit too much money for what you'd actually get back with Ngannou, maybe. But people will tune in because he's not lost his belt. He is the baddest man on the planet. He's the heavyweight yeah. champ of the UFC. He's not lost his belt. That's it. You, you don't get better than that. Um, yeah. So I yeah. So Henry, he's in a very different you know, he's, place he's, to he's, Henry. I mean, we ain't going to see anything from Henry anyway. Obviously, it's getting to that time of the year, and obviously, we know he's one of Santa's little helpers. So we won't be seeing much from Henry till till next year. And if that fight happens, then great. Um, let's move on to uh, the next uh, the next fight. Um, so this was the fight that. Um, I'm just trying to cast my mind back to the pre-show. What were we saying about this fight? So this is Sugar versus Yarn, um, and obviously, um, I know what's coming. Me, Blake, you, you... I know what's coming. Yeah, go on. no, carry on. Well, you 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 were shocked because I I, I picked uh, Sugar. I said he was going to shock the world. Um, and, and obviously, I've had uh, mixed opinions on on the Sugar Show uh, over over his um, relatively short career to date. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. When that buzzer went for the first round, I thought Payon looks fucking dangerous. But Sean O'Malley definitely showed the world he's got a chin on him. Like he took some monster shots, uh, shrugged them off, and. His counter striking, I thought, was really good. Uh, some of them little like low kicks he was flicking in were really impressive. Um, I mean, talk me through what you, how you scored that first round. Well, again, I'd like. By the way, I should say I'd like to have watched this again this morning. I'd like to have gone back and watched this fight again. I've got way more clarity having gone back and rewatched round one because that okay. would. Because I like my brother was texting me. He didn't actually come over, my brother, and he was texting me. And after the fight, he was adamant that Yarn won. He said he that Yarn won easy. Um, and then he was screen grabbing loads of MMA Twitter guys that were just going off on one about how Yarn was robbed. There was a lot of that. I mean, I had to go back because it infuriates me that stuff. But it's like. There was no robbery there. Absolutely no robbery. I think mm. it's very clear that Yarn won round two, despite being rocked really early. He came back, mm. then rocked Sugar, and won round two. To me, I believe the most damage done was um, 
Sean O'Malley did the most damage to Peter Yarn in, in round three with that knee where he cut him open. Mm-hmm. That was a big strike. Uh, a lot of everything else was sort of kind of similar, but I think I think uh, Sugar won round three. So it's all down to round one. Um, when I originally watched it, again, with some chatting going on, I, <laughs> I, um, I leant towards Sugar. But barely, barely answer sugar. On rewatching it this morning, I believe that was Yarn's round. Yarn just landed one or two slightly bigger strikes and had the ground and pound. So for me, Yarn won rounds one and round two, and Sugar won round three. So I do believe Yarn should have won that fight, but. I am in no way going to call this a robbery. Round one was really close. Sugar had some great moments. And even in round two, he rocked Yarn first. This is that Yarn came back, and I think, slightly even stronger. But then O'Malley, I think, won, uh, won round three. So it was a close fight. You cannot call this a robbery. And anyone that, oh, my God, my brother mentioned takedowns and... I saw people screen grabbing that shot where they showed the ground control time. That is not how you score MMA. A takedown is just a change of position. When you score is when you're landing the ground and pound after the takedown has been achieved. The ground control time only comes into play when all the damage is equal. And really and truly, when is the damage all equal? If you take me down and get four minutes of ground control time but when we stand up i land a but you don't do any damage when you're down there and then we stand up i land a good one two and a leg kick i win that round because you've laid and prayed for four minutes and i've actually got up and hit you three times that means i win the round the fact that people don't understand this and we've got the unified rules it is out there to be watched to be seen sean sheehan has done fantastic videos in this just look at his twitter page it's up there it's starting to get infuriating and it's really infuriating as well when even some of the commentating leans towards like DC will say, oh, he's stolen that round with the takedown. No, he hasn't. You can't steal a round with a takedown. It's just, that's not how it works. And it is infuriating. Having said that, despite the manner in which people are talking about it, I do believe that Jan did win the fight. How did you score it when you were watching it? I spoke to, 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 to Pip after this and, and, and we were sort of saying, because I said, I think, I think Jan won that. Um, and, 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 and Pip quite quickly sort of said like, well, you know, I, that first round was very close and obviously, you know, the discussion we've had was very sort of pretty much echoed really. Um, and so I don't think there was any talk of, of robberies. No. You know, I, I think it was, it was a really close fight and, and we saw with, with Sugar that, he does deserve to be in that top 10. 100%. You know, he, he, you know, it wasn't, a, a, a you know, a, a top 10 or a top five. It was the number one, you know, he, he beat, yeah. you know, aside from the, the, the champ, he beat the best guy out there. Um, and it was tight. And the fact that it was tight and close, it should be because you're, you know, you know, the, the best fighters in the world are fighting here. And it was a big step up for him that I think a lot of people thought, Yarn was going to 
toy with him and, and just be too his boxing to be too good. And I think we definitely saw a more humble Sean O'Malley last night. I think it was probably the first time he'd walked into an arena and been booed and people not respond to, to you know, to what he was doing. Um, post-fight, obviously, he was being booed when the decision was read out. Um, and I think he dealt with that really well. He didn't gob off. He just kind of played it pretty cool. And I mean, as much as, you know, he... It was really weird. In the, in the lead-up to it, when they were showing all the you know, all the hype stuff and all the footage was being played and you just see the opponents that Petty Yarn was fighting. You just think, (laughs) I mean, he's fought everyone. Then it cut to Sugar and, you know, one of the people that you just see me hitting was that poor dude that had never fought in the UFC before that they pulled in, the guy with the green hair. I always forget his name. Chris Moutinho. Him. And you just think, that wasn't that long ago. No. Like, you know, and, and you just think, it, it, yeah, I, I just think, I'm not saying I'm the biggest Sugar fan now, but I felt like he totally deserves his place in that yeah. and the hype uh, was warranted because he he fought a smart fight yesterday. Yeah. And, even you know, win, win, lose or draw, you know, he, he, I think he's definitely now got the whole UFC's community just going, yeah, man, he, he's... He's where yeah. he should be. You know, he should be in that top five. Whether he'll... I don't know where he'll he'll be placed when the rankings come out. It can't be like for like. You do, or, or is it? Do you, Does he just instantly slot in to, to the number one? I think you can... I de- don't know. I think you can definitely do it. I think you can do it anyway. I think it's down to what the UFC want to do with him. Again, he, he showed a lot of maturity on the mic afterwards being like, oh, I don't know if I want the title shot next. I need to go and watch that fight back and see how it was. I think the fans would like me to be champ, but blah, blah, blah. So that, you know, that showed a bit of maturity. But again, I, I think just... just just go for it. Just just do the, the title fight. That's what I would do. I do think Sterling's grappling will give him a lot of problems. But I think his striking will give Sterling problems. Uh, and and I, I think it'll be a really interesting fight. Um, what about Cheeto Vera in the mix here? Well, go, just let me go back to Amelie because I just feel like despite... like Even if Yarn had won that split decision, I think O'Malley's stock goes through the roof. Because... Huge, huge. Because... You mentioned like the 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 highlight reel. You've got Chris Matinho. You've got that knockout of Eddie Wineland and Thomas Almeida, which is yeah. incredible. Oh, that Wineland knockout. They're great knockouts, but none of them are top fifteen fighters. I know Eddie Wineland used to be great, but that's, that's yeah. a long, long time ago. Um, and Thomas Almeida's a tough guy, but again, never someone in like the top. 10 really not not yeah. not 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 a title challenger or anything like that so you're looking at that and then again you compare that to yarn you're like oh, this is you know a bit of a mismatch because when you when you look at the fighters that are the top 10 guys that O'Malley is for Cheeto Vera he lost despite the fact you can say what you like about the leg kick O'Malley lost that fight Pedro Munoz Pedro Munoz was winning that first round before the eye poke and everything so there was no evidence that O'Malley could really hang with the elite of the elite. But even if he'd had lost the split decision last night, he showed us evidence he can hang. Because round Definitely. one was close. Round two, he really rocked Yarn in that first, uh, in that second round. Uh, but then obviously got rocked himself. Yarn came back well. But 
I mean, that shows that he's got the power to really, really do it, even against the best of the best. And then round three, he won. So again, all the questions about cardio, the longer the fight goes on, the more it goes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. To Jan, and I was guilty of thinking that. I thought if Sugar has a chance, it's with about a first round finish. The longer this fight yeah. goes on, it's all Petter Jan. Yeah, well, Nicky was all Petter Jan, yeah. weren't you? In the pre show, you was all about it. Yeah, and I, like, and I do yeah. think he won the fight, by the way. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then, <laughs> but, but, you know. O'Malley answered a lot of questions. Even if he didn't win, he would have answered a lot of questions. He belongs in the top 10. He belongs up there with some of the elite guys. So uh, I, I think the O'Malley stock has risen. He mentioned sitting down and getting a contract negotiation in and that his sponsorship deals are going to improve. And I think he's absolutely right. Um, what did Dana say post-fight? I've not seen it. Um, he didn't say much about O'Malley, really. I think he said it was like a good fight and stuff. Um, it's a great fight. Yeah. Oh, it won fight of the night. The bonuses, yeah. by the way, were uh, Makachev, uh, the Yarn versus O'Malley fight. And uh, and Bilal Muhammad, which we'll get onto as well. They they all won bonuses. Mm. Um, so yeah, I I think just give him the title shot. He could be an absolute superstar if he went into that fight with Aljo and somehow did. Because I don't think Aljo's chin's the same as like Petter Yarn's chin. Um, if he lands the type of strikes that he landed on Yarn at the beginning of round two, if he lands that early on Sterling before Sterling can really get his wrestling going or something. I, we could have a real huge crowning moment for a new superstar in the sport. And the thing is, if he if he were to fight Sterling and lose, okay, he's still only 28. He'll go and get two wins against, you know, someone else. And then he's, he's straight back in there. There's absolutely no problem with giving him a title shot now, I don't think. I... I you, I could watch. I, I think the Cejudo fight would be good against Sterling, but I sort of got more interest in the O'Malley Sterling fight right now. Oh, mate, no mistake. The world. I think a lot of fight fans that have 
of of coming to the UFC over the last sort of three or four years probably don't really know who Henry Cejudo is anymore. Like, you know, I, I, I think it was a... What? No, I honestly believe that. I think there's, there's you know, there's a lot of fighters that have got really pulled into UFC through fighters like Paddy and, and, and fighters like O'Malley. You know, they're, 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 they're a new breed of fighter that's bringing a lot of new fans in. And, and I think Henry Cejudo is like... I don't really think a, a, a lot of the, the, the fans that have come into the UFC over the last three or four years probably care about him. Um, I, I don't and, think they and, do and, either. And I, and I think if you look at a poster and it says Aljamain Sterling versus Hemi Cejudo, I'm, I'm down with that. I think it'd be an exciting fight. But if you see Aljamain Sterling versus Sugar Shun O'Malley, that will go a lot fucking more viral on uh, the social media feeds than what Hemi Cejudo. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, I do think that if that fight gets offered to Sugar, if he doesn't take it, I'd be surprised because who else is he going to get offered? Like Mirab, Corey, uh, Cheeto. Nah, no thanks. I, I, I wouldn't want any of them. If you're going to have a dangerous fight, have a dangerous fight and try and win the belt. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I don't favour Sean any more in fights against, as you say, the Cheetos the Sandhagens and the Marabs than I would against Sterling. I think I think you're right. All those fights are equally difficult. You mm. might as well just go for the Sterling for the one. Yeah, because yeah. then you'll have to fight those guys after if you lose or win anyway. You might as well just go for the strap. I agree. I think, I think you should just do Sean O'Malley versus Sterling. If Cejudo wants to come back, let Cejudo earn that. I mean, I know he went out a former champ, but... Cejudo He's, Cheeto. Ah, uh, see, I'd do more Cejudo Mirab. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Cause, oh, I mean, that 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 could really fan the flames. Because if he beat Mirab, oh, yeah. there's the story. That's the it? story, yeah, for sure. So I yeah, I, I, I would do it. Because Mirab needs... We're agreeing a lot today. I know. I know. It's good, isn't it? It's nice. Um, Darius Gamrot. Yeah. Uh, I went for Gamrot. Where did I go for? Uh, you you might maybe have gone for Dariush. But you know what? The one of the main reasons I went for Gamrot, I'm a big Gamrot fan and I still am, but I genuinely believed Benil just had terrible luck. <laughs> and I thought the world would just do him a disservice. Cause, but it sort of has done, done him a disservice anyway, just in a different way, because he the man deserves a title shot. The man deserved a title shot probably before this fight. And now, because Volkanovski got in the cage, he's not going to get it. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I really feel for Dariush, because even though he's gone out there and won this fight, which should have absolutely ironclad cemented him as the number one contender for the lightweight strap, he's not going to get it. It's going to be Volk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really feel sorry for Dariush. I-, I thought it was a very close fight. I thought it was a really good fight, exciting. The scrambles yeah. on the ground were brilliant, particularly in round one. The way they were rolling and following each other was really exciting to watch. Really um, good. Brilliant. Um, on first viewing, I think I had the first round for Gamrot, but on second viewing... I gave it to Dariush. So I, I you've rewatched this one. Though. I rewatched round one and maybe round two. I don't think 
I, I looked at the, the knockdown for round three, but I didn't watch it properly because for me, round three was the clearest round. Round three, knockdown for Dariush, clear Dariush round. Round two was close, but I lent Benil. Round one was close, but I originally lent Gamrot. A lot of people, when the tweets come up on the corner of the screen when you're watching the UFC, I think three out of four or two out of three gave the first round to Gamrot. And I agreed with them originally watching it. But on the rewatch, I disagree. I think it was um, was Benil's round. Because again, this is one of those factors. When we're talking about the yarn fight, look at this. Because round one of this fight, Gamrot is leading the vast majority of the grappling exchanges. He is instigating the wrestling. He's putting the pressure on all that stuff. But during those exchanges, he does next to no damage whatsoever. Benil landed like a couple of leg, kick, leg kicks, uh, oh no, body kicks, sorry, he landed a couple of body kicks. And that means he wins the round. And the judges score it that way. There was two 30-27s from the judges when reading out this card. And I, at first I was like, 30-27, surely 29-28. But rewatching it, no. Because as much as Gamrot is leading the wrestling and the wrestling was back and forth and it was exciting. Gamrot was leading it. It looks like Gamrot's in charge for most of that fight, but it doesn't matter because Benil landed some strong body kicks and maybe one or two little combinations, something like that. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't hugely damaging, but it was more damaging than what Gamrot did. So that's how you score it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I believe that 30-27 to, da- to Dariush is the, right, uh, is the right scorecard. However, that's not to say it wasn't really close. It was really close until the third round when he got that big knockdown. Um, but, yeah, how did, how did you score it and view it? Much, much the same. Um, I, uh, I thought it was super close, um, but I didn't think at any point uh, when it come to to finding out who'd won, that, that the Gamrot had done enough. I, I felt that uh, I, I love watching Dariushi's like sort of style. It, like when he's on his feet, it's it's a bit haphazard. It's a bit. It looks so loose. Yeah. Like his hands seem a little low. He wins like, the punches look, as well, doesn't he? And the, yeah, they're, and they're and not he, straight looks, punches. They really have an no. arc to them, don't they? And he sort of stumbles a little bit as well in his just the way he moves yeah. around. It's quite a a, 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 a a strange style. It doesn't look slick. No. But it's very effective. Yeah. Like, because ultimately, he should be fighting for the strap now. And being the quiet man in the division, we've seen, you know, that doesn't do you any favours. I mean, w- w- I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on before we finish that Arnold Allen's fighting next week, you know, quiet guy in the, the division. And when you start to realise how long these people have been in the UFC, you know, fighting at a high level, if you don't... Like, like you say, Khabib was smart. He knows that Dariush is probably the guy that needs to be fighting for that belt. Yep. And he must be thinking, well, hang on a minute. Like, who's going to be the biggest threat to Islam? Like, is it going to be Dariush or is it going to be Volkanovski? Like, where's the money going to be made? Where's the legacy going to be? Yep. Like, let's jump in here now. And and that that's that's smart. That's media training. And that's unfortunately just going to be, right, Benil, you, you go and have a little sit down over there and we'll have a look at what's, what's next for you. We've got a fighter who's ranked 17th in the world. We'll maybe give you him. And, uh, and, 
Meanwhile, you know, Volk steps up and, and, and takes his shot. And I get it. It's an exciting, an exciting fight. And, and for, you know, your, your, your casual fans or even, you know, uh, uh, probably a lot of other MMA fans, the idea of Volk versus Islam, you know, the, the, the two pan for pans, he's a way more exciting prospect than Benil Dariush because as much as his highlight reel has got some incredible wins over some incredible fighters, he's not that marketable. And I think mm. that's what's... A real shame that, but we know that in in this day and age, that is a really important thing to for the UFC and to and to get your fights. And unfortunately, it's not really that guy. And and you got to feel for him. I uh, I do. An, another great win. I uh, fantastic win. He should be getting the shot. I believe it will be Vulcan Perth. They've just set that up now. I'm trying to think of what's the best option for Dariush. What's the best thing he can get out of this? And it would take a lot. It would take a quick turnaround and some promises. But I wonder, in less than a month, we've got UFC 281. On that card is Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chanda. Two big names that Dariush, I don't think, has fought. So, And they are technically ranked above him. To me, if 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 the winner of that fight comes out relatively unscathed, I think the Perth card might be in February. It would be a very quick turnaround for a Chandler or a Poirier to fight in November and then February. But if you were to say to them, look, this is guaranteed number one contender fight. The winner of Poirier-Chandler, you go to Perth and fight Dariush in Feb. You are guaranteed number one contender fight because you haven't fought Islam. You wouldn't have fought Volk. You're number one contender, and that's it. I think that is the best scenario for Dariush because Poirier and Chandler are bigger names. That this is sport is you know rife with like recency bias and stuff like that. People will forget the Dariush win. And if Chandler or Poirier put on an epic fight, you remember that Chandler Gaethje fight? If they put on a fight like that and Chandler comes out on top or Poirier comes out on top, those two are way bigger names than Dariush. It's sad but true. Yeah. They're bigger names. They could fight Islam before Dariush as well because the UFC is a business. So maybe he should go down that route. Fight the winner of Chandler Poirier if they can make that happen on the same card as well, or at least maybe like a, a fight night headliner within a week or two after the uh, the Perth card. And that's what you go with. Because I'd favour Dariush in either of those fights as well. I know they're big names and great fighters, but I think Dariush versus Poirier or Chandler, with the run that he's on, I think he'd be the favourite. But yeah, yeah. We, we, we'd have yeah. to see. So that... I think is the best case scenario for Dariush. And it's sad because he should just be getting a title shot, but that could be the best case scenario. Okay. Uh, should we skip to Bilal? Or is there anything <laughs> you want to talk about? Because I uh, bored, me. I, bored me. It wasn't the most exciting. We have to talk about it. Come on. You can't. Chukagi and Fioro, okay. or Fior, as they were saying, maybe it's Fior. Um, uh, Chukagi missed weight, so that wasn't great. Um, and Manon, uh, Manon won a, uh, a close fight. Again, 
I think it was maybe 19-19 going into the third. And, yeah, Manon wins. It wasn't overly exciting, was it? It was a fight that played out mostly on the feet, but not in the most exciting way. They they seem to be able to avoid each other's strikes more often than not. Um, Manon wins. That's great. She probably gets a title shot next. So we should be talking about this with way more excitement and with way more gravity to it. But pretty much every other fight on the main card and the Bilal versus Sean Brady fight were way more exciting and feel like... Yeah. They have way more gravitas behind them, which is crazy because Manon now should be fighting Valentina Shevchenko. I would actually really yeah, like Valentina to step up and fight Nunes, so I'd rather that yeah, happen. But, 100%. But if that's not what's going to happen, Manon should be fighting Valentina next. So we should be like, wow, she's the next woman up. This is going to be great. Is she going to pose any real threats to Valentina? She's got a height and reach advantage. She's got good striking, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but we're not because it wasn't the most exciting fight. And that's a real shame because we should be talking about this in a way, a way more excitable fashion, but we're just yeah. not because, but then it's really hard to look good against Chukagian. Chukagian wins way more than she loses. She only loses to the absolute elite like Valentina's and Andrade and all that kind of stuff. Chukagian usually wins her fights in, unexciting ways by decision. So Manon has gone and Chukagian, Chukagian. Um, mm. what, well, you probably can't ask for too much more. But yeah, it's we're not overly excited. Have you got anything you want to say about no. it or do you want to just move on? Uh, it was really boring. <laughs> um, Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was boring. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I think like, I looked, I, I was put it this way. I think I sort of, at one point sort of set the pip like, oh, is this, it's over. And uh, I think we both just like, staring at our phones. <laughs> it was just uninteresting. Um, and, and I think because we'd had so many dull fights yeah. leading up to it, bar the fight that we're about to talk about, uh, it felt like the, the, the Mohammed Brady fight was like, now, here we go. Here we go now. This yeah. is where the action starts. And then it was like, Oh, I mean, the arse dropped out of it again when when Chukagian uh, yeah. got in. Um, but yeah, let's 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 uh, talk about Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady. I know you was really excited about this fight, wasn't you? I was super excited about this fight, and I was excited about it because I thought we'd see more grappling exchanges. But it, they just cancelled each other out in the grappling. Sean Brady tried to instigate it; it didn't quite work, and it played out on the feet. And I did say beforehand, I felt like the advantage on the feet went to Bilal particularly after rewatching the Chiesa fight where Chiesa was sort of really dominating the striking exchanges with Brady in their third round, but Brady nullified it by taking him down. Um, so I was expecting to see some really interesting grappling and we didn't, it was just a striking match and actually Brady did better than I thought he would in the first round. You could say that Brady won that first round. It, it went more towards Bilal towards the end of the round, but I think Brady maybe did enough throughout the course of the round to accumulate more strikes, more damage to win that first round. Um, but then in the end of round one and, and round two, Bilal started to put it on him a bit more. And that final exchange where he hit him with a big right hand, it was just, it was all over, even though he was standing. He kept peppering him with strikes. Brady was not def- uh, defending himself intelligently. And I think the ref rightly stepped in. Brady seemed to dispute it a little bit because he was still on his feet. He wasn't knocked down, but he was just eating punches. He wasn't, 
firing back. He wasn't defending himself. He was eating punches. So I had no problems with the stoppage whatsoever. What about you? Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest Bilal Mohamed fan up to this point. I, I, I think he can be quite a boring fighter. Um, but I think... <laughs> You're slagging off everyone today. Everyone's like, boring to you. <laughs> it's early in the morning. I ain't had that much sleep. Um, I, I, I thought Sean Brady's left hand looked really, really uh, rapid and, and exciting in that first round. Um, but yeah, absolute props to Bilal Mohamed. Uh he, Obviously, he's, uh, is it been a recent move to uh, Khabib's camp? No, I, um, I don't think he's moved there. I think he just went over to train with them in Abu Dhabi to acclimatise. And right. he's, you know, I think he's got contacts with them. I don't know if it's... Uh, oh, who's that manager? Um, I can't remember. I'm thinking of Albaracine, but it's not him. Um, mm. It'll come to me. Uh, but I but think I, they I, share, I thought... share a manager, you know. So, yeah. I, I, I thought whatever he'd done in, in the lead up to this was really effective. He looked like an exciting fighter, uh, and he looked again a little bit as I, I sort of said about Dariush. Like he's got a, a quite a strange striking style, Mohammed as well. Like he, he looks like he sort of throws from a real real range, and it looks like he sort of overcommits to to sort of with his reach to get the shots off. It's quite a, yeah. I, I don't know what what the kind of you know thought is behind it but whatever it is it's very effective and he showed how effective it was last night uh his hands looked incredible uh and yeah a, a really impressive win so with that where does that leave Bilal Mohammed in the you know in the mix because well, that's you know yeah big big win for him Ali Abdelaziz was the manager I was thinking of that I think they share him and yeah, Khabib yeah. and all that stuff so that's the contact he had and I think you know so he went over to Abu Dhabi to train with them for a few weeks and obviously I think it worked really really well and Khabib was in his corner as well um, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of mixes up some of his time between you know Khabib and uh, I can't remember where Bilal trains out of regularly now but is he, yeah I can't remember but anyway uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see... Chicago fight team. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him do a little bit more with, with Khabib, or just particularly if they're going to be on the same fight cards in similar places. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he... Because, I mean, what better training are you going to get than like Khabib and Makachev and people like that around you? So that'd be great. Eight, um, eight fight win streak now. Yeah. Oh, we, we, not including, obviously, the, the, the Leon no contest. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so, I mean... I would love to see him fight Hamzat. That's the fight I want to see. Dana White said in the press conference that um, uh, he wants Hamzat to fight Colby. Hamzat is going to try and make 170 again. Uh, Dana said he's going to give him one more chance here. Yeah, something like that. Uh, So he's got... and, And Dana wants him to fight Colby. If you're Colby Covington, I don't think you're taking that fight. Not because he's scared of Hamzat, because I think... He could actually do all right. I, I would favour Hamzat, but I think he could cause Hamzat some problems for sure because he is a very good wrestler. I don't think Hamzat can take him down the way that he took down um, uh, uh, like the Kevin Hollands of the world and people like that. So I think he could do all right, but I do think I would favour Hamzat. Um, but I think if you're Colby, you're going, hang on a minute, this guy missed weight by like seven pounds. If I sign up to fight him, there's no guarantee that um, he's going to make the weight. Also, Colby's got this really weird lawsuit going on with Masvidal where I think he said that Masvidal caused him a brain injury because if you don't know, they were at a restaurant 
Masvidal yeah. found out Colby was at some restaurant and went and like sucker punched him, basically. So Colby's now saying he's got like potential brain injuries and all this stuff. So he's suing Masvidal for a lot of money. It probably won't look good to your legal case if you're signing up to fight someone when you're meant to have potential brain injuries or you've suffered brain injuries. I don't know how that's going to work. So I, but I can't imagine it doing you any good signing up to a fight if you're trying to sue someone for physically assaulting you um, in that way. So I reckon Colby won't take that fight. And the person that should step in, and he mentioned the wolf in his post-fight press conference or in his post-fight chat, um, is Bilal Muhammad. Do that fight. That is a great, great fight. Bilal has great wrestling. Bilal's called out Hamzat before. I think that's a phenomenal fight. Hamzat versus Bilal is brilliant. And also now, with the little Khabib bit... Khabib in his corner. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of animosity there between that. That's a bit of storyline as well. Go and do that. Bilal, go and train at Khabib's full-time for this camp. Really big up the uh, the animosity between Hamzat and um, uh, and the Nurmagomedov team now. That's what you do. If Hamzat wins, he gets a title shot straight away. If Bilal wins, he gets the title shot. That's how it should work. You could do that fight in the UK because Dana said that he wants to do Leon's title defense in the UK for a pay-per-view event, but the stadium that they want to do has to have a roof. So Cardiff seems to be maybe the front runner at the moment. Uh, Wembley's got a roof though, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think Wembley's got a roof. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Wembley's got a roof. But either way, uh, Dana's saying he wants to do a stadium, but the stadium has to have a roof. But a, And they want to do like a pay-per-view card in the UK, hopefully at UK time as well. Uh, but we'll wait and see. That's what they want to do. Uh, yeah, I, I think having Bilal versus Hamzat as a co-main event on that, or even just as... Uh, an earlier fight, three rounds, who cares? That would be yeah. absolutely fantastic. I would love that fight. Um, and I think Bilal absolutely. absolutely deserves it. And Hamzat needs to prove that he can make the weight and fight someone really good. He can't just get, you know, fancy fights like Colby Covington now. He's messed up with that weight in the last fight. Let him fight Bilal and mm. really prove that he's the, he's the number one guy. I, th- I think that's the Absolutely. fight to make. I would, I would love to see that fight. All right. Well, look, I, 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 well, I'm just conscious of time because we've been, we've been going for an hour and a half now. Jesus. Um, and I'm not sure if there's too much more on that card that, no. that really warrants too much chat. Really, I, no. I, I, I think um, there's, there was so much great stuff at the, the top end of the card. That, um, and like I say, Bilal Mohammed really kicked off the, the second half of that card so, in such style. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, thanks ever so much for listening. Um, we've, uh, we've we've spoke about quite a few fighters on here that we've had on um, previous episodes. So go and have a look in the back catalogue um, and, uh, and and check out the episode. We've seen Mark Goddard um, in the Octagon last night alongside Clean Cut Jason Herzog, um, which was um, the highlight of... Uh, <laughs> my commentary last night because it was also said like Jason Herzog normally just rolls in there like all dishevelled like you know and it was just there he is clean cut Jason Herzog and I was like what? 
light. But, uh, but yeah, clean cut Mark Goddard looked great as well. Um, and that's one of um, my favourite episodes is our chat with with Mark. Go check that one out. And uh, and yeah, rinse the back catalogue. We've got over 100 episodes now with uh, so many of your favourite fighters. Um, I don't know uh, where we're going to be for the next recording. Oh, we'll be recording with Jason. Uh, uh, we're recording it for Monday. Uh, Vucenic. Yes, we're going to um, talk to uh, Jordan Vucenic about what is possibly the biggest uh, rematch, I think, in Cage Warriors history. He's fighting uh, Paul Hughes for the undisputed uh, featherweight belt on November 4th at the O2 Indigo. And I really think it's highly possible the winner of that fight gets signed up to the UFC as well. But we'll chat to Jordan Vucenic about that and get that out to you soon as well. Absolutely. Um, huge uh, love and best wishes to Arnold Allen, um, who's yes! fighting next week. Go on, Arnold. Um, come on, Arnold. Like, um, and then, yeah, uh, after that fight, then uh, we'll, we'll do our best to get Arnold back on the show because he's, uh, he's such a top dude. Um, right. We out of here? We're out of here. See you later, guys. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.